I need to sell myself with raising money. I needed to sell myself to the seller that they should sell to me, right? So these kind of skills, public speaking even, right? I used to actually take a lot of public speaking skills so that I would know how to speak to people, how to relate to people. And those kind of skills apply everywhere. And if you're better than the rest, then you get more business than the rest and you don't have to try so hard. And that's that's what I would tell somebody, really work on their speaking ability, work on their marketing, work on their sales, and then everything else, have it fit within your skill set. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, we are so stoked. We have Hone Tai here with us today. Hone Tai, I'm so excited to have you because you have a different perspective than a lot of people. And you are a person that has a bachelor in mechanical engineering and a master's in financial engineering. And you gave up those two amazing and prestigious degrees because it was taking up too much of your life. So I am super, super excited to get some insights from you on what those degrees taught you and then how you were able to leverage those degrees in the life that you have now. But first and foremost, take us into your story. What was it that caused you to give up your two degrees for a, a life of freedom? Yeah. Hey, what, what's going on, Matt and Tim? I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be able to share my story with people. Hopefully it's going to impact you guys, whoever, whoever it is that is listening. I'm going to be telling you guys all about why you're worth it and how I was able to escape my nine to five so that I can live this life that I have now. And what is that life? Well, before I have the life I have today, I used to work as a nine to five employee as an engineer. And the thing is, I absolutely hated it. And believe it or not, on my very first day at my job, and I don't know why I did this, I was talking to the HR lady as she was like telling me, oh, here's the employee handbook and everything else. I looked around and I saw everybody working in like little cubicles. And I said, uh-uh, I can't do this for a long time. This is crazy. Look at this life, right? And I told her on that very first day, I'm not going to be here long. And I stayed five and a half years and that's probably uh, five years and four months too long. But I, I stayed there for five and a half years. But that very first day, I told her, I'm not going to be here long because I looked around and I said, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this for a long time. While working, let's say fast forward like two years, three years, I would, I would ask myself, do I want my boss's job? And then I would look at my boss and I go, do I want my boss's, jo my boss's boss's job? And the answer was always no. And so I would ask me. Then I would go, well, home, then why are you here? Because they're not going to have a special track for you. That's your future right there. And they weren't necessarily driving a car that I wanted. They weren't living a fantastic life. Like I wanted, they didn't, they weren't in the best shape of their life. Not like they, they did nothing. There was nothing there. They were just like an old beat up version of themselves when they were in college. Like it was just like a, just deteriorated over time. And I was like, that is not what I want. So despite having two engineer, uh, two engineering degrees and working in corporate America and doing everything that I was supposed to do, I just thought to myself, man, I can't be here that long. I might, I'd rather waste my degrees than to waste my life. And that was like the turning point for me. And I was willing to do whatever it took in order to be able to get out from my job and create a business. And it wasn't just to like leave one job and go to another because it would have been more of the same. No, 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 no. I needed to create my own business where I could control my time and my life and also control and dictate how much money I made. 
Whereas at my job, I had salary. So it didn't matter. I worked 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, 100 hours a week. I was getting paid the same. So I was like, no, I, I got to create this business so that I can create all the money that I need. And now I have more money than and net worth than my bosses ever did. And I'm, you know, half their age or uh, uh, whatever, like uh, close, close to like 75% of their age or whatever. So yeah, <laughs> Love that, that's the engineer kicks over in your calculation. I know percentage. I was already, yeah, that, so you <laughs> asked about like, uh, how does engineering affect me? Well, that I, I just constantly think in like ratios and whatever. So yeah, sometimes it's hard to click those things off. As a math major, dude, I could totally relate on the constantly, you know, quantitative and you being know, accurate. I need it to be accurate. Exactly. I said, I said, yeah. no, I'm half the age. And I was like, no, I'm not half the age because half the age would mean that they were 80. So, I, and then it was like, no, 75. Your viewers don't care. Everybody listening exactly. doesn't, doesn't care. They get the point. <laughs> I was at an event this week and there was a mixer. So we're at, you know, the bar and everybody's having cocktails. And this guy walks up and he's like, hey, I left the house at 17. And 17 years later, I'm killing it. And so, you know, I'm like thinking, okay, this guy's saying he's 24. And then I was like, how old are you? He's like 52. And like my math brain's like, this just doesn't, doesn't add up. Um, so I totally hear you on that. Right. So let's dive into your journey. Yeah. So you recognized like many people do 85% of people are not happy where they're working. You recognize this is not for you. Then you had the foresight to say, well, could it get good for me in the future? And you're like, mm, Nope, I don't think it can get good for me. So now, you know, I'm out of here at some point, but it took you five and a half years. <clears throat> so describe the journey of what was that five and a half years? Like what kind of thoughts were you having? What decisions were you making? How, how did you leave your way out? Uh, well, I said, I don't care about my job anymore and I don't care what I do here. So here's, here's a really funny story. And I tell this all the time. While at my job, I stopped doing my work. I just didn't care anymore. I just didn't do any work. And I only focused on studying and building my own businesses, right? And so I wasn't doing work and my work was piling up and my boss eventually notices that, right? And he's like, yo, so, so what's going on? How come you're not doing your work? And I say, oh, I just have too much work. And then I say, you think I can get an intern or something? You think I, I, think I can get some help, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'll look into that. And so... We actually hired me an intern. I interviewed a whole bunch of people to be my intern. And then we actually hired one and free help, right? This kid's going to school or whatever. And he works for me and I teach him how to do every aspect of my job, everything, right? And then I have him do it and I do nothing, nothing. I stopped, I stopped months ago, right? And now I really stopped and he just does all of my work and we get all caught up. And so I look like a superstar. And he's doing his intern thing and ta-da, like, so I would just do stuff for my own, for my own businesses. And, um, eventually like I stumbled across real estate, but like before that I was doing all kinds of different things, like trying to sell t-shirts and trying like just whatever, right. Whatever I can figure out and whatever I could do while at my job, uh, nothing. How, how do they not know? How do they not know that like literally like you're checking for the real estate websites, you're building businesses. Like how did your intern not know? Oh, my intern knew. I told him everything I was doing. I told him like, yo, you don't want to get a job. Screw that. Like screw all that. Like this is dumb. Look at him. Right. And I would always po point to my boss. I was like, you want to be like him? And, and we would just talk about it all the time, but somebody had to do the work. So that was him. That's what he signed up for. He wasn't, he didn't fully drink all of the Kool-Aid. So he was still like little worker B. I'm, I'm enthusiastic. I'm long gone, mentally gone out of there. So, so he and I knew what the gig was. Just nobody else did. <laughs> how, how did you reconcile like 
this company's paying you a fat salary. Like, how'd you reconcile that? Like, I didn't. I didn't think it through. I, I just knew what I didn't want, right? I just knew I didn't, yeah. I didn't care for the job anymore. I didn't have this grand master plan. I didn't know how yeah. I was going to become rich. I didn't know how I was going to, like, I didn't know I was going to own all these properties. I had, none of this was in the vision, by the way. None yeah. of this. I was, I didn't even have step one planned. I just had negative one planned, which was I where I didn't want to be, right? That's all I yeah. had. It was like, uh, towards pleasure away from pain. It was just away from pain. I don't care where I end up, right? I don't care about like the happiness part of it at the end per se. I just knew I didn't want to be here. So I had to figure whatever else out. So that was the more important thing. I guess your viewers can take away from this because a lot of people where they get stuck is that they're so afraid of failure that they never take a chance, right? They, they're like, I got to make this plan perfect. I got to make sure I know every step of the way from A to Z. Right. And then, and because they don't have the whole plan mapped out, they do nothing. And then they stay where they are for the rest of their life. But what I found is there has been more failure from the fear of failure than the actual failure from trying, right? It's the fear of failure that has caused more failures than anything else. It's this perfectionism of trying to make sure they have everything done right. And it's because school imprints on us you go from kindergarten to eighth grade then you go to high school then from high school you go to college and then from college you go to get a job well once you're an entrepreneur or trying to be an entrepreneur there's not a clear path it's very like all over a to n to back to f to g to d, you know it's like all over and most people aren't comfortable with that and because they're not comfortable with that they much rather be uncomfortable with their whole entire life and just stay where they are and and then They'll use softening words because you can't stand you can't stay in this insanity for too long. It's like, why am I at this place that I absolutely hate? That's too insane to process. So then you say things like, it's not so bad. And then you live in not so bad for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so you're essentially justifying and you're using these, you know, axioms and proverbs and different things to make yourself feel more comfortable in the place. Now, you probably are similar to Tim and I in that we felt. Like I walked into the corporate world and it did not take me long to realize, wow, like this is not my jam. Like obviously you're within a couple of weeks. What did that feel like inside of you? I just want to give the audience like a sense of what is, what did it feel like inside of you to know that this is not right? It just. Was it boredom? Was it. Fr what it, it, it felt like waste. It just felt like wasting of my life. And that is not good. It just felt wrong, <laughs> for lack of better words. So, right? so was it that was it that you had talent that wasn't being utilized? Was it no, the fact that like, no. hey, if you're here, you can't be on the on the ski slopes or? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I was always very like energetic, right? Always very energetic. Always laughing. Always doing fun things, activities, physical activities, snowboarding, mountain biking, doing everything, just being fully immersed in all aspects of life and work was like the opposite of that. It was like, here, wear these clothes, right? And walk to your destination and like just little silly things like that. Right. And it just didn't align with who I was. And I knew that, and I had that awareness. And not only that, I had to, I had to find the courage to be like, look, this isn't it. And I need to go for it, whatever. It is whatever I am, whoever I'm being, I need to figure out how I can live more like that because whatever this is right now is not right. 
it just doesn't align with my soul. Even though I'm an, I'm an engineer or whatever, got my degrees, right? They're supposed to be like, like the nerdy people. It's like, how do you know an extroverted engineer? He looks at your shoes, like instead of his own, right? Like that's the joke. And that's not me. I'm looking you right in your eye and I'm joking with you and we're going to go party and we're going to go play. We're going to do whatever. And so again, it just, it just didn't align. Just being this corporate America rigid person. I, I see people are just so fake there all the time too. People like brown nose to get ahead. I never wanted a promotion. I was like, you do what to get where? It's like, why do you even want to be there? <laughs> why do you want to be like that? So again, it just, it just felt too fake and I couldn't fake it. And I let everybody know. So it was, it was yeah. very apparent. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the transition. So it was a five and a half year transition. You're working on these businesses. What businesses did you try? What lessons did you learn along the path? Of yeah. Um, so I, I'm trying to think, man, it's been, it was a long time ago. It was, it was probably like 15 years ago by now. Right. But I've tried all kinds of things. Like, um, I remember the very first business that I tried starting was a, an IT business. Okay. I tried to create an IT business. Here's the funny thing. I know nothing about IT. And so when people would talk about things like, I don't know, like servers and this and that, right. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it did. I, nothing. But it's funny that I was able to still sell an IT job. Like I was still, like I met a woman at the DMV. We started talking. She was in business for herself. She's like, what do you do? I'm not introducing myself as an engineer because I'm not trying to promote that I'm an engineer. So I was like, yeah, I got this IT business. And she was like, oh, fantastic. We need to talk. I said, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's exchange cards. Let's get numbers, whatever. And then later on, I sold an IT biz, uh, job to her, right? I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I went to an IT convention. They were talking about all kinds of stuff. They would ask me what I do. I'm like, oh yeah, I do this, that. They're like, oh, what languages? In what languages? I was like, I don't know. Come on, right? It's like, I was like the worst person, but I still was able to just go out there and get business because like, again, I, I wanted to just get away from whatever it is that I was doing. I didn't have this passion for IT. It didn't pull me in like, oh, Helen, you're so excited about IT. No, it's just like a friend of mine was like, hey, my uncle does IT. Let's create a company around that. It's like we created a company around this guy's uncle. Like, it's so silly saying it out loud now. But again, it's like I did that. So now what do I learn? What do I learn? So um, there was one time when I created a, a, a juice bar, right? I created a juice bar. And I used to have to work at the juice bar. I would go in and, and like prep, prep and everything else and then serve people and all that. And then at the end, I had to break everything up, down, clean it all. And I just spent so many hours there. And I was like, this sucks. This is, this is not correct, right? This is not the right way to do things because I left my job so that I can go be more of myself and go be free and go do the things that I enjoy. But now I'm just stuck at this thing. I'm, at, I'm stuck at this juice bar. And I don't enjoy food. I'm not like a chef. I'm not a foodie. I'm, I'm nothing. I like, I just kept chasing just like the potential of making money. Right. But I didn't have any skills that separated me from other people. So I lacked the skills to separate me. And I also didn't have a solid business plan to allow me to separate from the business. Right. I didn't have a business plan to either put in uh, process or people in place so that I didn't need to be the system. Right. So there's a, these were like learning things that happened over time. I didn't even know that I was missing them though, because I'm a guy who fires first and then figures out everything else later. 
Uh, Ultimate fake it till you make it. Uh, well, kind of fake it till you make it's one, it one is one kind of thing. Um, what, what I'm talking more is like, you know how people say ready, aim, fire. Instead, mm -hmm. I say fire, aim, ready. I, I flip it on its head. I turn it around because I found that when either me or anybody else, what caused us to not take action is when we would say ready, aim, aim, aim. And you, that's when all the paralysis, the analysis, the fear comes in. Right. And that's the, I need a perfect plan before I get started. So I said, F that I create, I created this philosophy that I live by now it's fire aim ready. Right. And I like to say, if you, if you look at the acronym, it's F A R right. Fire aim ready. So I like to say, I go far, I fire aim ready. Right. I'm going to go far and I would take the shot. And then after I take the shot now. I know where I am. Now I know what I'm missing. Now I know what I need, right? And then I can aim. And then after I aim, now I'm ready, right? It's like you it's like you fired a flare gun. And because you fired the flare gun, you get a view of what was once dark. That that's one way, so right? Um more so I think about it as like um if you ever go like shooting at a shooting range, right? You shoot the gun. Let's say you were trying to dial in a scope. If you were just dialing the scope without ever pulling the trigger, you don't know if it's right or wrong. You dial in the scope, then you shoot, and then you can see where it hits on the board. And after you see where it hits on the board, you can say, oh, the scope's a little left or a little right. Then you can aim it. You can't aim the thing it. until you shoot it, right? Yeah. So that's that's more of like how I operate it. So I would go fire and make a whole bunch of mistakes, but also make some money at, at the same time. So I was doing both. And all the while, I'm learning. And so then when I would pivot to another business, another business, another business, it's not that I'm like starting all over. I'm starting over with like all of this wealth of experience and skill sets and network and people and all of these resources that I didn't have before. But I would have never built those things up if I never started. Yeah, let's let's carry on this analogy. So in the analogy with the gun, you have a target. So the target, let's say, is the vague shape of a business idea or something like that. Yes. So so how much planning strategy do you have in the formation of the target itself? Like, I love your analogy that you're going to make adjustments on how you're hitting the target, but the target itself is set. So how, how do you define what target? Yeah, that's, that's a great one. Um, anything that popped up in the beginning, it was just anything shiny objects. In that sounds good. <laughs> All of them. Bam, 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 aim, bam, aim, bam, aim, and try to make everything work. Doesn't matter. Just whatever. Just, Oh, you got a cool idea. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, you have a business? Let's become business partners. Let's go. Right. And that was it. That, that was as much as it was because that was different than what I was doing. It was guys, it was not a fully thought out plan. It was like, home. Oh, let's go. It wasn't like, I'm going to go bake a cake. I need to go get flour, eggs and milk. No, it was like, I'm going to go bake something, grab everything, milk, cinnamon, eggs, this, that, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what I'm baking yet. I just know I'm going to go bake something. Right. And I just wanted to be prepared and just grabbed everything. Fire, 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 grab everything. Which one of these is going to make money? Which one of these is going to make me happy? <laughs> and that's really how it was. So you, like many people who have gone through the business cycle, realize that's not the most optimal strategy. No. Like th that leads to all kinds of stuff dropping out of your hands and problems and so on and so forth, missed targets. When you realized this is not optimal, how did you go about minimizing your targets? Well, again, you would think. That is what happened, but it is not what happened. It was more so um, I learned about real estate investing. 
And then I learned about the business plan. Like I just jumped in and started doing a deal. I bought a real estate property. I bought a six unit apartment building. And then I was like, okay, this is cool. Oh, the, the side benefit, which is what I always wanted was I didn't need to work in it. Right. And that's what I learned from rich dad, poor dad. Uh, you can buy an asset that puts money into your pocket without you working for it. And I was like, wow, that's it. So then I just bought a real estate property. I tell people all the time, I hate real estate. I don't like real estate. That's not my passion. No, my passion is the things I'm passionate about. Real estate's not the one. <laughs> real estate's not it. I just do it because there's a clear path and model that I follow and it makes me a lot of money without me trading a lot of time. And it's crazy that I get to use other people's money to go buy these assets that pay me. It's like, whoa, this is really cool. And so if you do it right, you can scale up. You can become a millionaire before you know it. And you're just like, how the hell did that happen? It's like, well, you just did the plan. And so real estate, why I like it is because it has a plan that when executed right, makes you a lot of money without you trading your time day in and day out. So that was the beauty of it. So I didn't have that clear thing of like, okay, hone, you're being really inefficient. No, I just kept being inefficient. Until, until I, you hit a target and you're like, this target's good enough. This one. Let's go. Let's, this let's is the zero. one. There you go. There you go. Again. It's like dating. It's like dating a hundred women and you're like, okay, this is the one I want to be with. Right, 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 right. Because if like, let's say you only tried for one and you, you didn't like, now she doesn't like you. <laughs> I don't know. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like, I want it by going through all that I went through. It just built up me as a, a business person that is capable of handling all kinds of stuff, right? I became almost like invincible because I can try things and it could not work out. It could be difficult. It could be this, that, the other. All I learned was to be, to have short-term memory. Just be like, oh, whatever. Let's keep on going. Let's go try another one, right? Don't, when, when, when bouncing from idea to idea, from business to business, just don't lose enthusiasm and you will win. That's it. Bounce from business to business without losing enthusiasm. And you will win. One eventually. of the things that, that I, I see as an outside observer is you have been passion focused from the beginning. And this is something that's very important to me too. And by staying passion focused, it'll, it's what allows you to keep your energy high. Would you, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like passionate about me and my life and not necessarily about whatever the, the, the thing I'm doing to pay my bills. That's all business is. It's just a means to pay bills. People are like, oh, uh, do what you're passionate about. Do what you love. And you never work a day in your life again. But like, no, that's not true. Like, ask a ask a basketball player if he wants to go to practice every day. And the answer is probably no. Ask him if he wants to play a game every day. No. Like, he does it because he was great at it. He loved it. But then it's still work at the end of the day. I didn't necessarily want my passions to be my work because I find that it may erode the fact that I loved it. Right? Because if yeah. I'm doing it every day, whether I want to or not, now it's like, now I'm despising it. So I didn't yeah. want to make my passion my work. I'm just curious, did you ever keep in touch with the intern? Like yeah. What, what has happened to the intern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ended up working for Google. Whoa, okay. Yeah, so he got a job, unfortunately. But <laughs> right whatever, on. hey, look, I don't hate him for that. It, and I'm sure they pay him really, really well for it. And I'm sure he's made a fantastic life for himself and all that kind of stuff. And I think we're still friends on social media somehow, some way. If I needed to find him, I'm probably, I probably could. And maybe I, maybe I will reach out see how he's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you discover the real estate and you bought a six unit and then it, I'm sure it continues to build. And then at some point you made a decision, right? Like how deep in your real estate journey were you before you quit the engineering firm? Um, so I bought the six unit and then 
oh, then I got let go. I actually didn't quit. Oh, yeah. They let me go, right? Which was like, all right, whatever, right? Because here's what happened. I got the six unit, and because they let me go, they also gave me unemployment, right? So when I got let go, I got unemployment, and I had income from my six unit apartment building. And when you add these two together, it was probably more than my salary. And so I got the taste of what freedom actually was, which was all of this passive income coming in to my life without me working for it, right? Hence the passive part of it, the passive income, right? So I had all of this income coming to me without having to work, which allowed me to do anything that I wanted without having to worry about bills. And getting that taste, most people never taste until they're 65. And why do most people retire at the age of 65? That's when social security kicks in. That's when their pensions kick in, right? Those are forms of passive income. That's the only reason why people retire at that age. It's not because it's some magical age. It's just because that's when their passive income kicks in. I got to taste that passive income at the age of whatever it was, like early 30s or something like that, right? And I was like, wow, this is cool, right? And so all I kept doing was just build more of that, right? Just kept building more passive income. And I do things for active income as well. Like I'll, I'll train people. So I also coach people to become real estate investors. And so that's technically active income. That's really fun and fulfilling for me. So I have active income and I still have my passive income. And all of that just allows me to do what I want when I want, including things like uh, talk on a podcast. Podcast, for sure. Yeah. So, so basically, when you got let go and you're collecting unemployment and you had financial freedom, yeah. What, what, what was it like? Did you recognize, okay, this unemployment is not going to go forever, so therefore I got to get enough real estate to get me there? Yeah, yeah. So it was always the idea to just keep on going, right? Like if they didn't let me go, I'd probably still be at that job. Maybe not till today, but like I would have still stayed at the job and continued to buy more real estate while at the job. But now that I didn't have the job, I just it just meant that I had more time to buy more real estate. I was just getting started, right? It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm done real estate. Like I was just getting started. I was just looking for, forward to my next project, next project, next project. And with the freedom, it just allowed me to do that easier, right? I can go, yeah. to, I can go to different projects, check out different things, go to different meetings, network more, yeah. whatever, right? I can do all of those kind of things during the day. So that was nice. So what would you say to somebody that's in a job they don't love? Like what, what is the way that you would recommend getting fastest way to getting to financial freedom okay so that's a good question because like you were saying i was being very inefficient as and as an engineer that's a really bad thing to be right you don't want to be inefficient you want to be like perfectly optimal <laughs> that's right so fastest least costly etc cetera, etc cetera. right right because inefficiency is more costly yes the the thing i would say is you need to develop skills that differentiate yourself from other people that you're going to be competing with for whatever business it is that you're trying to do right and now you can be like me where you, you tried all kinds of things or you're willing to try all kinds of things and so you're like how do i develop the skills for that well business is basic it's all about revenue it's all about sales it's all about creating income so it doesn't matter what business you're in just learn how to be really great at creating that income so if it's some kind of sales business then really learn how to sell, learn how to market yourself, learn how to negotiate. And then, and that, that, that covers all types of businesses because like in real estate, I'm not selling anything because I'm buying properties and I'm holding on to them. And then people are renting from me and that's generating the income. So it's like, oh, what sales skills do you need there? 
well, I needed to buy the property, right? And so convince the seller to sell it at the it, right price, it, raising money. Yeah, I need to sell myself with raising money. I needed to sell myself to the seller that they should sell to me, right? So these kind of skills, public speaking even, right? I used to actually take a lot of public speaking skills so that I would know how to speak to people, how to relate to people. And those kind of skills apply everywhere. And if you're better than the rest, then you get more business than the rest and you don't have to try so hard. And that's, that's what I would tell somebody, really work on their speaking ability, work on their marketing and work on their sales. And then everything else, have it fit within your skill set. Yeah. What, what were the helpful courses or processes you went to develop your public speaking? Well, I did Toastmasters for a while, which helped me with filler words and things like that. Helped me with pacing. It helped me with pausing to think. And then, so that, that was one course. Then I did a lot of personal development things. Uh, I did Landmark and uh, Tony Robbins and I would go to, what, what other ones were there? There's a bunch of smaller ones that I did that also reinforced different ideas and philosophies. And it, it was all about working on my emotional intelligence, not just my IQ, right? It's like EQ. So working on my emotional intelligence, understanding what moves me, what drives me, what inspires me, and then being able to leverage those reasonings for, to get me to do more, to be more, even when I don't feel like it, uh, understanding my own self-talk, which helps me understand other people's self-talk. So when I'm dealing with a seller, I can see when they're in their own story and not crush them for it or not like get triggered by it. So there's a lot of those kind of things. And I do a ton of audiobooks, like just nonstop audiobooks, just to help me train more that way. So if somebody has something where it's more of a, it could be like, you'll see on social media, people posting about like, Oh, I have a training for this. I have a training for that. Go to it, pay for it, go yeah. to it Yeah. and, and learn from it and apply what they're saying. A lot of people are like, Oh, those are scams. No, they're probably not to be, to be totally honest. They're probably not. What happens is people go to the thing, they pay the money for the thing, but then they don't actually put in the homework. They don't do the work. They don't do the work yep. and then they don't change and they think it's a scam yeah. and it's not a scam. It's that you didn't do the work that they told you to do while at the program. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. that's what I do. I always, I say yes to a lot of different things. And uh, yeah. I recently joined a group called Go Abundance and go. Um, I'm in Go Abundance. Are you? Get out of yeah. here. Look yeah. at that. So as you know, I'm in there and we talk about all the different pillars of life and talk about business and health and relationships and having fun and all that. Right. And I joined that just to learn how to live even bigger, grab life big, right? That's, yeah. that's what we say in go abundance. And that's, that's what, that's what, what chapter are you in Philadelphia? Oh, cool. You're over in Philly. Yeah. You, right what about you? I live in California, oh. so I'm in the NorCal chapter. Okay. Are you going to Tahoe? I am not because as you know, Tahoe was scheduled for like March. So we booked a trip to Mexico city. And then when they switched the dates, oh. we were already booked for Mexico city. Got it. Got it. All right. All right. Well, at least you got a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I would, I mean, Tahoe's three hours from me, so I would have loved to have gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's two flights for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm assuming you're going. I am going. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Enjoy. But, but those are, those are some of the things that I do to continue to improve on my, on myself so that I can be who I need to be when life gets difficult and when business tries to kick my butt. 
Yeah. Well, I can tell. I mean, you're well presented. You're articulate. You have pausing. So many of the things that I'm like, man, I got to get to a Toastmasters. I got to continue to practice on my my scripting. So, so kudos to you for doing that. What do you say has been the value? Like if you were to analyze your different skills that you've built, yep. so you have public speaking skills as far as being able to articulate, you have the sales skills to get real estate deals done. Like what skills do you find are the most valuable to you now? And then what do you perceive will be the most valuable in the future? The most valuable is to be a person with a lot of personality. It's just to have stories to enjoy life and people find it really attractive and they just want to be your friend they want to do business with you they want to help you in any which way be entertaining be and i don't mean to like entertain people i just mean like live a full life full of stories where people are excited to be with you because you're always so dynamic and that's going to cause people to like you and as we know, people do business with those they know, like, and trust. And as long as you're continuing to be authentically awesome, that's going to go really far. Now, you can't just be authentically awesome in a box. You also right. need to know how to present yourself in the different media channels that we have. And those media channels are going to change. So today we have Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and whatever else, YouTube, right? But as those change... The skills don't, right? So you're going to need to know how to market, how to tell a good story, how to write, those kind of things. Now, as things like chat, GBT, and different AI and all that are, are going to be, become more and more a part of our lives, just be mindful that they can write for you. They, can, they know how to write. They know what to write in order for people to, be, to have a reaction. They know exactly what buttons to press. And soon it's just going to get better and better and better. We won't know the difference between the person and the robot. So it goes back to when the person actually meets you, if ever that's, if that's your business plan, if they actually do meet you, are you really that person that chat GPT made you out to be or not? And then I don't know. I don't know. So I would say just continue to be an attractive person, be a good person, do things that people like, be exciting. And when adventures come up, like, Hey, do you want to go to Tahoe? Say yes. And then you're going to yeah. have a story to share. So say yes to a lot of things and don't, don't try to plan out every aspect of your life because you're going to get it all wrong. You're not going to know. You're not going to know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if someone's boring or at least they feel they're boring, do yeah. you, would you say to that person, go find a way to make your life sound more exciting? Or would you say to that person, go do things that are more exciting? I would say go do things that excite them and then find their tribe. Find the, find the people who also find it exciting. So like if you, like I mountain bike and I find it exciting, but not everybody does. But if I tell stories about like when I was mountain biking and if I can put it in such a way that other people can relate to and they can understand, then they will find it exciting, right? So again, be, be a good storyteller. And also when I said like find your tribe, maybe like you're like, I love coding. And I'm like the best coder and coding is just where you're sitting behind the computer and you're just typing again, that's not going to be here much longer because why do we need to code when the computer can code better than us? But for now, while you're coding, it's like, be genuinely enthusiastic about it and let it ooze out of your pores that you love it to the point where people will love that you love it. Like there are just people you meet and you're not interested at all in whatever it is that they're doing. You're just so happy that they're happy. 
you're looking at them. It's like, wow, that person has this zest for life that most people don't have. It's refreshing to see somebody who likes things at a level that you don't see anymore. People are so busy trying to be cool and not like things and all of that. Like, oh, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. That when you see somebody who is just living their life and just so happy with it, it doesn't matter what is causing them to be happy. You're just like, wow, I want that. It might be to the point where you're so happy about coding that they're willing to give coding a try because they think the secret sauce is in the coding. When really, Correct. Exactly it's right. you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly. That, you're bringing the passion. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just, just like, just love what you do so much that it just causes other people to feel it because you're overflowing with it. And that's, that's a really, that's a really rare trait. You don't find that much. That doesn't matter what they Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Boring is a, is a story. They're not necessarily boring, yeah. I guess. It's just that they're not, they're just not genuinely sharing. So I guess yeah. if we were to boil it down, it's just to just genuinely love it and share that genuineness. Don't be shy about it. Don't don't hide it in the box. Like let the world know what's going on. People will love you for it. What's your life vision? What are you looking to accomplish in the next 12 to 18 months? Oh man, just like my life is like when my when I was trying to build my business, my life is kind of like that as well. It's not like I don't have like the next 12 to 18 months planned out. I just just enjoy the day to day. You know, I, I really enjoy and that the was, day that day. was the main point, right? Yeah, as you were looking to get out of the corporate world so that you could live a day that you didn't have to escape from or didn't have to grow from. Or... Absolutely, man. Like now I wake up without an alarm clock. I do what I want whenever I want with who I want. I hang out. I go. If I want to go see my parents. I do. Here's one small thing that I do that I enjoy and I and I enjoy it. I enjoy it even though I don't enjoy it. This is what I mean. So we all have a time when we're going to no longer be here. And if all goes well and everything happens the way it's supposed to happen, my parents are going to not be here before me, right? They're going to no longer be here before yeah. me. And hopefully yeah. it's like a hundred years. Always from a now. tragedy when the, when the uh, kids die before the parents. Right, right, right. So if a non-tragedy is them dying later, that just means that I will still be alive and have to like live my life knowing that they're no longer here. And that kind of sucks. So mm -hmm. yeah, what I like doing is when they ask me for a favor and doing it. Now, I don't want to yeah. do it. It inconveniences me, right? It absolutely inconveniences me. Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? Can you... Whatever. But I love that I get to say yes to it. I get to say yes to it at any time. Hey, can you can you pick me up at three o'clock and take me here? Can you do this? Can you do and the answer is always yes, yes, yes I can, yes I can, yes I can. And I love that I get to do that, even though it inconveniences me, even though I'm like, oh and then I just think like how grateful I get to be if they're still here and I get to say yes to them. And how many times if you're in your nine to five, have you had to say no to the people you love? Like yeah. I just I just get to say yes to more things now. And that was really, that's really why I needed to escape my nine to five and, and make all the money that I make and, and the, make the money the way I make it. It's, it's not because I wanted to be super duper rich. It's just, I wanted to be able to say yes to everything in my life. And now some of the things I want to say yes to require a lot of money. So that's why I need to make as much money as I made. 
but it's really just to say yes to every aspect of life. And that's what's really cool. That's what's really yeah. cool. And being able to say yes to my parents and all that, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I get to. Hontai, thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving us a glimpse of your life and business, for giving us some insight into how you can fairly quickly move into a life of financial freedom. And I do appreciate your perspective on focusing on life enjoyment. Like a lot of times, I think even our guests, myself, focus too much in the future. You're focused, it seems like, very much in the present, which is can be refreshing for us entrepreneurs who are oftentimes so focused out in the future. So guys, if you're listening, write down something that you can take action upon. Is it the way that you're looking at your life? Is it creating maybe a little bit more of the urgency to get out of the job that you have? Whatever it is, write it down, take action in the next seven days. Share it with someone you know that can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And by taking freedom, you're moving closer. And before you know it, you're going to be living a life of freedom. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.